3: This is Apologetics
0: Live with Matt Slick and Andrew Rappaport,
2: part of the Christian Podcast community.
4: All right, welcome. We are live, Apologetics, live here to answer your questions, even challenges, whatever you may have on your mind. We're here to help you. And a good way to get involved would be to go to apologeticslive dot com. And at that website, you will be able to engage with us. You can watch it there. You can also get the link to join. The link always goes in shortly before 8 o'clock Eastern time on Thursday night, and that is when you could join both Matt Slick and I. Matt Slick is with CARM.org, C-A-R-M, stands for Christian Apologetics Research Ministry, so CARM.org. Matt Slick has a live radio show Monday through Friday, which you can get the link at CARM.org for the radio show. If where he does an hour every day, Monday through Friday. Uh, I am Andrew Rappaport with Striving for Eternity. And you can go to strivingforeternity.org to get details about us. I have several podcasts. Uh, Andrew Rappaport's Rap Report, which is a weekly one-hour, roughly, uh, show on biblical interpretations and applications. And then I have a Monday through Friday two-minute show, because I can do what Matt can't do. I can answer things really quick but not slick. <laughs> and there we go. <laughs> so two minutes a day, Monday through Friday, uh, we give you some biblical interpretations, applications in a short, more um, devotional type level. And then I have this, what you're listening to now is a podcast, Apologetics Live. They're all part of the Christian podcast community. And so you can go to Christianpodcastcommunity.org to get all of our growing podcasts. Matt, we just added a couple more. Um we added prescribed truth. Uh a guy who you you I gotta send you some of his stuff because I know you started looking into social justice and the intersectionality and, and critical race theory and all and he has some excellent stuff out there. His brother Jamal is is got some great content on social justice. And uh I, I guess because <coughs> he is african-american people can't you know say that he's just saying it because he's white ah you know like you and i they just reject what we're saying because we're white and therefore that's why we, we say what we say because you and i have we're these pr- this privilege we're automatically raceless racist too yeah well as christians we're raceless right <laughs> there's one race so i don't believe in other races <laughs> that's right so, uh, if folks want to join, uh, do us a favor. Actually, you could share this with others so they know that we're live if people have questions. Um, I'm going to go to our Apologetics Live group, though, Matt, and see what questions we had in there for the week. I know that uh, I did get some questions. Um, one that came in to me for you and I to answer is can we explain the differences between Roman Catholicism and what we believe, and what we would believe is, I would call, biblical Christianity. So, how would you answer?
3: The difference between Christianity, uh, biblical Christianity, and Roman Catholicism are multitudinous. One, uh, we don't pray to Mary, and and thus we do not submit ourselves to the idolatrous practices of uh, Catholicism in that. We don't believe that Mary... um, uh, we don't. Yeah, we don't believe that Mary is able to hear millions of prayers simultaneously in different languages all over the world. We don't believe that uh, we have to be good in order to become Christians and be saved. We believe that justification is imputed and not uh, an infused something into us through sacraments. The Roman Catholic Church is sacerdotal. We are not. That means that the grace is obtained through the sacraments of the authority of the Roman Catholic Church. We don't believe in that because we don't believe in uh, grace as a Substance. We believe in uh, grace as uh, a forensic, well no, grace is the unmerited favor of God, and included in grace is the justification, which is the uh, the legal aspect of the legal work of God where he imputes the righteousness of Christ to us, Philippians 3 9. So there's many differences in that, and we don't. Uh, most Protestants who are biblical will teach that you cannot lose your salvation. But Catholicism, of course, teaches it does. Catholicism teaches the papacy, which we reject. There's many, 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 many uh, differences.
4: I'd also, I mean, you got a lot of good things there. I would, I would just add that the, one other difference we would have is. You and I as Christians would believe in sola scriptura, the word of God alone oh, as yeah. an authority, mm-hmm. where the Catholic Church adds, uh, well, they add the church, they add tradition. And, and one of the concerns I have with that is when you add something, especially when you add something and say it is the only thing that uh, can interpret Scripture, in other words, they say that only the Catholic Church can properly interpret Scripture, once you put something in that position, yeah. then that becomes higher in authority. So even though they say tradition and the Scriptures and the Church are all equal in authority, when you put one of them as the only arbiter, that thing becomes superior to what it arbitrates. And therefore, when they put the Church in that way, I would say the church is now the higher authority to God than God's word, which is a real problem. Hey, actually, before we get to the next question, Matt, you're wearing a brand new T-shirt there. So why why don't you uh, you should at least stand up a little bit so folks can see that shirt, and you can say where you got that from. That help? Not at all. Now you can't see it at all. <clears throat> oh. We don't want to see your face. We want to see the shirt. The
3: shirt. <laughs> All right. There we go. <clears throat> Can you see it? Is it is it right or is it
4: left? Well, it looks it looks good on here and it says Christ alone, and I'm gonna show the gospel tracks that come with that t-shirt. <laughs> mm-hmm. And this is those were given out by Five Solas Ministries. I think that's where you got yours from. Uh, five solas minist five solas and they're giving right now twenty five percent of all of their sales is going to support Carm, and so Five Solas Ministries—that's plural on both the Five Solas and the Ministries dot com—and when you get the T-shirts that Matt's wearing, you get the tracks that go along with it. So now you're pretty particular. So I'm curious—you're particular on. The clothing that you wear, because you're a little bit sensitive as far as that goes, um, how do you like those shirts?
3: It's okay. It's a little bit too small for me. I like things that are a little bit big, big baggy, and what uh, people don't understand is I have, uh, I'm a little autistic. I have some autistic issues I have to deal with, and one of them is hypersensitivity. And uh, so I wear as much cotton as possible, and I get out of jeans as soon as I can and and things like that because it's uncomfortable. Uh, Just the way it is. It's always been that way. And so this is a little uncomfortable for me right now, but I'm wearing it right now. And uh, uh, it's a little warm where I'm at. Upstairs here with all the lights on, computers and everything else in here. Not much circulation right now. But it's a nice shirt. It fits okay. I just like them even bigger.
4: So you're a little bit autistic?
3: a little yeah, just a little bit i'm high functioning autistic
4: <laughs> you're high functioning huh hmm. <laughs> okay someone in the in the chat says uh that your shirt looks slick pun intended
3: yeah it is slick it is so slick i am definitely slick
4: Okay, someone's asking the price on those shirts. I don't know. Uh, go go to f- fivesolasministries.com. Actually, the thing is, is you can design, they have a whole bunch of shirts and, and other things. You can get tote bags and uh, tumblers and all kinds of things. So, And they have different, uh, they have all the five solas, they have a whole bunch of stuff, and you can change the... Change up uh, how they're doing it. Someone's saying it's 1999. uh, And I believe they all come with gospel tracks, but... That's a good song. 1999? Yeah. I didn't know it's a song. By Prince. Part of that was Prince was the guy who who also went by the name of formerly known as Prince, right?
3: (laughs) Yeah. For (laughs) legal reasons, yeah.
4: (laughs) Oh, really? What was the legal reason? Do you know?
3: Yeah there was some uh it was a um a, a legal way of getting some control back in his artistry and what the contract was with some company he was in and if his name didn't apply then they couldn't enforce something it was some weird thing it was a legal move
4: So oh that's brilliant so so basically he had he the wants to keep the name prince but then doesn't want to uh at the same time, you know, have that problem. That That's brilliant. I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I read. I read that it was part of
3: the reason. Um, you know, he played it off as this being some weird thing, whatever, and get more attention, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. Somebody's got some, uh, we got to mute them.
4: Yeah. I'll mute him. I turned Can't his volume there. down, but I think we could yeah. still hear him. So uh, we'll add him in a moment. Uh, but yeah, that, that almost, that, that reminds me of in my, uh, town that I used to live in, there was a, you know, the Cracker Barrels down South, the stores.
3: Yeah, we have them here too.
4: Do you? Okay. So, so there was a, it's a chain of, of like right. stores where they have like a, uh, um, they, they had a, a thing where they would just, uh, like a storefront and then they have a restaurant. Well, there was a guy in my town who had a, a little ice cream shop and convenience store called Cracker Barrel. And one of the executives came through our town, saw it and actually sued the guy. And because of the use of the name and the irony of it is he sued the guy because, and the the lawsuit was that the, he was being sued for the franchise uh, fees For all the years, the guy was in business, which means they had to go back and find out when the guy went into business. And it was like his great-grandfather's store. Well, it turns out they owned the name first. They were several years before the Cracker Barrel franchise. So they turned around and countersued Cracker Barrel for all of the franchises they had for all the years they were in existence for all of their franchise fees for using their name which quickly ended up in a settlement of I it was like three and a half million dollars the guy was almost like in his 60s early 60s so he just basically retired he sold it but part of the deal is he had to change the name and so he sold it and changed it to Jim Baker's Cracker Barrel <laughs>
3: so he kept the Cracker Barrel in there it works
4: yeah uh, well, I don't know where Manager went. We had someone in here who said uh, that you invited him in to discuss the nature of logic, but he just dropped out, so hopefully Manager will come back in, um, But uh, and we could discuss the nature of logic. So we'll go on to the next question while we wait for folks to come in and ask questions. Matt, the next question that was in our Apologetics Live Facebook group it was, is salvation a conditional gift?
3: Yes. Of course, it's conditional.
4: Okay, conditional on
3: on the work of Christ there and go. God's uh, saving work in us. It's all conditional on what God does, not what we do. That's conditioned on that. In Roman Catholicism, in paragraph twenty sixty eight of the Catholic Catechism, uh, you you obtain salvation by faith, baptism, and keeping the commandments, observance of the commandments, which is heresy. Contradicts Romans three twenty eight, Romans four five, Romans five uh, one, Galatians two sixteen, Galatians two twenty one. No, Titus three five. It is. It's uh, the Roman Catholic Church teaches heresy upon heresy upon heresy upon heresy. It's a false
4: church. You're saying they teach heresy? Yes, um, I am. All right. Well, I brought uh, manager O one. <laughs> Something tells me that's not the name his his mom and dad gave him, but <laughs> maybe he's a manager. Um, <laughs> we'll find out. So uh, I brought you in and brought up your mic. I think you're unmuted there. You gotta try speaking there so we can hear you. Hello, can you hear me? Ah, there we go. Yes. Yep. All right. So you said you had a. Can you hear me? Qu- yes, we hear you. Um, you said you had a question on the nature of logic.
5: Yeah, um, I noticed in um, on karm.org, Matt says that the um, that logic is conceptual. And I was wondering what the difference is between something that is conceptual and something that is um, imaginary, and how you, uh, what is the criteria for distinguishing between the two?
3: Why are you asking the question?
5: Because I don't think you can tell the difference by your definition.
3: But what's conceptual? You
5: said it's of the mind only. Something conceptual is of the mind only. And I think clearly something imaginary is also of the mind only. So what is the criteria that we're going to use to uh, distinguish between something imaginary?
3: Between imaginary and conceptual? Correct. That which is imaginary is conceptual, right?
5: Something imaginary is not real. And according, I assume that what you're uh, saying about the laws of logic being conceptual is that they are real. But what is the criteria for
3: determining that? Well, all things imaginary are conceptual, but not all things conceptual are imaginary, in that if you define imaginary, it's not real.
4: Hold on one sec, Matt. Let me just, uh, uh, Manager, if you do me a favor, maybe turn your video off. We're getting a lot of lag, and it's digitizing your voice, so it's hard to hear you. So go ahead, answer.
5: Okay, is that better?
3: Yes. Um, Are you defining imaginary uh, as what is not real?
5: um, Sure. I mean, we can imagine uh, unicorns and so forth, and obviously unicorns are not associated with something um, uh, within existence. But uh, when you're talking about conceptual, as you defined it as something of the mind only, we're never sure as to whether or not um, it is associated with something real or not since um, uh, it could be imaginary. So when you're talking about the laws of logic, it's just as easy to say that they're imaginary as they are conceptual.
3: So if you define imaginary as they don't, they don't exist or just made up, is that what you're saying about the laws of logic?
5: I'm saying that your definition of, the, of conceptual as applied to laws of logic, using your definition of conceptual, but you have defined the nature of logic in a way that you cannot distinguish between the laws of logic and something imaginary.
3: I can't, huh? So how do I define the laws of logic? What do you think I said?
5: You said that the laws of logic are conceptual, and according to your definition of conceptual, that means they are of the mind only. That is your definition of it. So um, the, uh, the question arises. Obviously, something imaginary is also of the mind only, but there is no connection with the world around us. Where um, the I contend that logic must have a connection with the world around us, which contradicts your assumption.
3: Okay, so you're saying that that which is imaginary is not real, doesn't have any existence, right? That's correct. Okay. All right. So, do your thoughts exist? Um, sure. So then, your thoughts or abstractions are abstractions, or of
5: the mind. My thoughts are products of the mind.
3: They're of the mind. Yeah, they're they're conceptual, or the mind. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, then, we have things that are conceptual that are not imaginary. So, distinguishing right. between them.
5: Yes. So, how do you distinguish, according to your definitions?
3: I just did. I just distinguished them.
5: Oh, uh, I'm. I'm I must have missed
3: it Well, I asked you if your thoughts were real, and you said yes, and the thoughts are of the mind, and you mm-hmm. said that which is of the mind you, know, you distinguish between conceptual and imaginary your, the, the thoughts your thoughts have actuality you said they do i don 't know how are you going to demonstrate okay. that your thoughts have actuality
5: okay, so um, I have uh, thoughts of um something that's uh, like unicorns or snibble dumps or turtle winks, or I have thoughts about um, the laws of logic, uh, what is the difference between those thoughts? What is the difference between, uh, and again, I contend that the nature of logic is that they are extractions from the world around us or extractions from language. And there um, is a connection between, excuse me?
3: Is an extraction a conceptual event?
5: No, I, I can, uh, an extraction begins with the world around us. It does not begin with something in the
3: mind. Okay, I asked, is an extraction a conceptual event?
5: Not by your definition, no, because your
3: Masking definition... You.
5: No, Yeah, we're using your definitions, and I'm showing the problems with your definition. Your definition is that conceptual is of the mind only. If we extract it from the world around us, then it violates your definition of conceptual.
3: You're not making any sense.
5: No, it's your definition. It's your definition. Your definition is of conceptual. Okay,
3: okay, hold on. Whoever else is talking, hold on. Um, I just said that the laws of logic are of the mind. That's what I said, that they're conceptual. You said it's
5: of the mind only.
3: Okay, they're of the mind yeah. only. Uh, we, can we find the laws of logic under rocks?
5: Um, we can extract them from rocks, sure.
3: I didn't ask you the question, can we extract them from rocks? I said, are they found under rocks? That's what I asked you. You don't answer my they questions. You rephrase my question and answer something else I don't ask. Can you find the laws of logic under rocks?
5: The, the laws of them are not existent like rocks exist, no.
3: <clears throat> so the answer is no?
5: The, the answer is they do not exist like rocks exist.
3: Okay, so let me ask you another question. Can you find the laws of logic under rocks?
5: Uh, you, um, I just explained that since they do not exist like rocks exist, no, you cannot find them under a rock.
3: So the answer is no. Can you take a picture of the law of logic?
5: Um, no, okay.
3: Can you weigh the laws of logic?
5: No, but I can draw them.
3: Can you, um, you don't draw them, you draw representations Can You can't weigh them, you can't measure them Sure uh, you can You measure the laws of logic? Wow. Sure. Okay, what instrument do you use to measure them?
5: You can, um, by using a metalogical structure You can measure the scope and range of meaning of the logical uh, statements themselves
3: so you, you measure did, them you measure and, and the context. So the context that I was talking about was rocks and photos and weight and mm-hmm. measurements. So that's the context mm-hmm. that I asked you the question. So what instrument, which is mm-hmm. why I said, what instrument do you use to, to measure the laws of logic?
5: It's metallogical uh, tools, measurements.
3: Okay. So, uh, uh, so let me go back to the context rocks, photos, weight, mm-hmm. these are physical characteristics, right what instrument do you use to measure the laws of logic in the context of the physical characteristics of these laws?
5: Uh, the physical characteristics um in the same sense of rocks and so forth you're not going to have them no
3: he broke up, couldn't he you educate? can't use.
5: I said, no, you're not going to find physical tools like you would measure the weight of a rock, okay.
3: no. So you don't measure the laws of logic in a, a because they're not physical, right? So you don't have instruments like that to measure them because they're not physical. They're not properties of the physical, are they? Sure they are. Because the properties of the physical can be measured. A property of, of hardness can be measured. A property of of volume can be measured in an object. A property of, of energy, momentum can be uh you know, or color can be measured.
5: Okay, am I understanding you that you're, you're saying that the laws of logic have no connection with the world around us?
3: I didn't say that. I'm, um, I'm asking you, you to know
5: what you're saying.
3: No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not, not, I'm not saying it. I, I'm not saying anything about that right now. Okay? okay. I, I'm asking you specific questions. Okay. All right? And because I'm trying to show you that you're not thinking clearly.
5: Okay, go for
3: it. So properties are such things as size and shape and texture and color and things like that. Those things are measurable with instruments. And the reason they're measurable with instruments is because these things are properties of objects and in the physical realm. So so if you have, for example, a bowling ball, it has uh, a spherical shape. It has, you know, we'll assume a black bowling ball. It has blackness. It has hardness. It may, may even have a scent to it if it's freshly made or whatever. And we can measure all these things because they relate okay. the measurements and the properties relate to the physical aspects. So if okay. something does not have anything that's measurable by any instrumentation, then it's not physical. It's not a, the property's not based on a physical thing.
5: Okay, hang on. You said the, the property is not based upon a physical thing.
3: Or the, uh, it, out it, of it, or proceed from Physical.
5: Okay, then, um, then how do we come to a knowledge of the laws of logic if they are of the mind only?
3: Because we are we think. But uh, exactly. see, the, I'm trying to show you that the, I'm trying to show you that the the uh, these laws of logic. If you're going to say that they are properties of the physical universe, then I, that's why I ask you: What instrument do you use to measure them? Since other properties of the physical universe are measurable.
5: Well, I'm, I'm not saying they are properties of the physical universe. I'm saying they are extracted models of the physical universe.
3: To have an extracted model, to extract them as a model is something that occurs in the mind. So you have to presuppose their, their validity in order to observe them, decide about them, etc. It's a process of the mind.
5: No. The, the, what you have to assume is that we encounter the world around us and we are existing things. And we are humans and as humans we try to find patterns in the world around us. And that's uh, a part of of finding those patterns is extracting those models whether it be uh logical models mathematical models, models engineering models scientific models we ex- extract models from the world around patterns of things in the world around us they are not patterns in the world itself these are patterns that we look mm-hmm. to construct um,
3: so when you drop a rock and it accelerates and stopped by uh, the ground. You can measure the acceleration, and uh, that's a physical event. But the uh, observation occurs in the mind, the analysis occurs in the mind, the postulation theorization occurs in the mind, the extraction of the principle occurs in the mind. That's correct. Okay. So when you say you extract the laws of logic from the universe, I just gave you, you extract the idea of physical object moving. You can extract certain properties and characteristics of a physical thing. You said, agree. Now you want to do the same thing with, with an object, uh, with somehow the laws of logic. So can you show me how the laws of logic can fall through space so that we can measure them as, as these objects are? Show me their connection. I can tell
5: you what we do, do with logic. This is how we look. We, we look around the world around us, and we take a look at dogs, and we extract from that all dogs are mammals. And until we find a, a reason to uh, uh, believe that that um, statement is false, then that um, universal logical statement is extracted from the world around us. And then we uh, go further, and we symbolize that, and then we manipulate it within a logical system, and that's how logic occurs, and that's how um, logic is. And we develop um, techniques for showing its consistency or inconsistency, its completeness or incompleteness, its coherence or incoherence. And that's how logic works. It begins with the, our encounter with the world around us, and we extract models out continually, continually, and manipulate them in such a manner that helps us predict the world around us and deal with the world around us. These are tools.
3: The tools are um, abstractions. So, dogs uh, and mammals are concepts. So, you're presupposing the laws of logic in order to, to extract them.
5: Dogs and mammals are concepts? You, you By your definition, concepts are of the mind only. The dogs and mammals are obviously <laughs> of the world around us.
3: Wow. Are you serious? You're really serious. This is you're, how the you to is, proceed? you're the
5: one who has defined the, this map. You define conceptual as of the mind. Dogs and mammals are not
3: of the mind. Only. Yeah, and so if I perceive a dog, is my perception occurring in my mind? Sure. Okay. So whether the dog exists or not is irrelevant. Well, I'm going to say it that way. Uh, my perception occurs only in my mind, right?
5: Your perception occurs only in your mind? Yes. Um Okay, I'll I'll go with that.
3: Okay. Sure, is my perception the same thing as the dog? No, of okay. course not. So perception and the object that is perceived are different in nature. That's correct. Okay, so when I perceive something, I'm not I'm not um, well. When I perceive something, it's something that only occurs in the mind. Let's just leave it at that. It's an abstraction that occurs. So your perception. So you say all dogs are mammals. So you see a dog. You have an abstraction that occurs. You identify it. You presuppose the validity of the law of identity. You're presupposing it by saying that's dog and all and mammals. You're making a logical conclusion. You don't extract this. You can't extract you can. it from the, ob- you don't understand. You can't extract these, these uh, logical principles out of objects. Of these things are done in the mind. No, you presuppose the laws in order to do the extraction.
5: Matt, the world is not someplace, the laws of logic are not things that are imposed upon the world around us. That's why there are so many different forms of logic, that's why there are so many different definitions of logical identity, which I have sent to you in the email. There are so many different logical systems, definitions of, of contradiction and identity within logical structures, because we extract different things from the world around us and we construct different logical systems to deal with those different perceptions. It is our encounter with the world around us where it begins. It does not begin with some ephemeral world of logical properties that everything must fit into. If it did that, then you would not have many different definitions of contradiction, many different definitions of identity, which indeed we do.
3: To even have a definition presupposes a law of identity. To know what a definition to have different ones.
5: Okay, then how do you explain that there's many different definitions of identity and many of those definitions are current?
3: Because people are inconsistent in their minds, as you are?
5: Yeah, so are you. And uh, that's why you're uh, you have, if you have looked at and many different you know?
3: systems... How would you recognize an inconsistency but by applying the law of logic the law of logic is not produced in your mind it's not the product of your mind or my mind our minds are different if I died the law of logic doesn't disappear
5: the, my point, there are many different logical systems there are many different definitions of identity <clears throat> these definitions are, are inconsistent with each other <clears throat> how do you justify the reason <throat> they are based upon
3: Huh? Uh, how do you justify the idea that there's many different systems?
5: Uh, because I've studied many different logical systems that have been created by men because of their different. encounters with the world around us.
3: So you've studied them, but that occurs in your mind? Yeah. So you presuppose the laws of logic in order to do that?
5: No. Uh, what, what? Again, we presuppose that we first encounter the world around us, and we, from that encounter we uh, extract different things from our sense perceptions. And Again, if you are correct, then, uh, then uh, the laws of identity should not vary, but they do. Even Greg Bonson taught this, and he uh, defended it vehemently, that the laws of logic vary. And uh, that is what I've been trying to tell you, is that logical systems, you have, uh, and if, if they are universal, it is your job to show that they are universal And how you have definitions of these laws, and it be universal still.
3: Are you saying then that something is, that the law, that something is what it is, is not always true? Correct. So there's, so there's actually times when something exists that it's not really what it is itself as it exists, but it's existing.
5: Okay. I sent you an example of this that's called temporal logic. I also sent you one that was called vague logic. I also sent you one that was called free logic, where you have different definitions of these things. Temporal logic, where A is identical to A within a time, given time well, span. Hold
3: on, hold on. A is
5: not identical to A. A is given within a class of, uh, of uh, objects, so that they are not identical to the same class.
3: Okay, so here's a pair of tweezers. So it's a pair of tweezers. and um, Okay, so are you saying that there's times when this isn't what it really is?
5: If you take that pair of tweezers and you put it on a table and you leave it there long enough, it will deteriorate to the point to where it's no longer a pair of tweezers. Therefore, it is identical to itself right now within a given time frame.
3: Oh, well, I don't have any problem with that. You could take a piece of wood and you can burn it and it's no longer wood. It's just carbon and then you can... That's put it right. In the ocean. That's right. That's not a big deal. But then yeah. you would know... But then. You, called- but then, oh, no. but then you would know that the wood... No longer is wood, it's something else. So now you have the law of identity being consistent. It Wood is what it is, and something, and whatever it turns into carbon, is what it is. It's still uh-huh. true.
5: No, because, again, it's only true within a given time frame. I've, I've sent you emails on yeah. these things, and you're, you're simply not understanding that a law of logic is only true within a given logical <laughs> structure. You must have a metallurgical structure. Your log- uh, logical system must be consistent. <laughs> It must be complete. And if you don't have that, uh, then you don't have a logical system. And if you, I've also shown you how, if you have a universal law of logic, it is going to yield a contradiction and is true. It is by definition, and that has been proven up in that way. So, is therefore, if it's going to be universal, it's going to be incomplete and is true. If you're going to have it uh, being consistent, it is going to have to be finitely defined and have a given the scope and range of meaning.
3: Now I'll go back on this for a little bit. I know Andrew wants to ask some questions. Notice what I said. This is a pair of tweezers. Mm -hmm. I didn't say what it will become. Mm -hmm. You continually misrepresent what I say. You change things. You're not consistent in how you present your argument. This is a pair of tweezers. Is it true that it is a pair of tweezers? Sure. Okay. So that is a true statement. Is there any, time when the statement this is a pair of tweezers is not true
5: it is a pair of tweezers within frame therefore the identity of uh, we can say a is identical to a pair of tweezers that is a logical statement therefore logic deals in statements not in objects therefore when we say a is identical to a within a certain time frame if it um, uh, if you sit it on your table at some point it will deteriorate to where it's not a tweezers
3: so, um, so in other words, A equals A, is is that true? First of all, you
5: know, you're, you're misusing your terms. A is equal to A is not the same as saying A is identical to A. A is equal to A is an mm-hmm. arithmetic term. Uh, a is identical to A is a logical term. You're misusing your terms.
3: Which term do you want to use? Which term do two you want to cherries. use? For-
5: which
3: two term- cherries is
5: equal to two oranges, but they're not which identical.
3: Which term do you... Which term do you want to use for the law of identity?
5: Uh, a is identical to A.
3: Okay. So is it always true that A is identical to A?
5: Um, within a certain time frame, yes. Or within uh, a certain class of objects, <clears throat> sure.
3: Okay. So the statement A is identical to A can also not be true? Correct. Blue sleeps faster than Wednesday.
5: Well... You're now you're uh, getting away from the topic. Here is the uh, and you can have a class of apples that includes red apples, yellow apples and, and crab apples. And uh, you can say that class is identical to that class. But the, uh, to say that well, to crab uh, uh, also true. So you can say A is identical to A in terms of a class, but it's not identical to A in terms of the individual parts of that class.
4: Matt, I think he totally missed your point.
3: <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah, he, he doesn't get it.
4: Let me let me ask you something, manager, real quick. Um, first off, you did make a statement about absolutes, and I'm curious whether that state whether the statement you made applies to the statement itself.
5: Well, you're about to commit the vicious circle fallacy when you're using illegitimate totalities. It is not self-refuting to say that I can use logic to show that logic is not logical. It is not self-refuting to say that I can uh, show using logic that the law logic and not, universal refuting.
4: Well, actually, no. Your statement was on your statement had to do with how we determine it. But let me let me ask you this because I I just have one question before we move on um, that I'd like to work out with you. Um, you said that logic is uh, the product of human minds. No,
5: I said it's an extraction from our encounter extraction. with the
4: world around us. So where does logic come from? The where does logic
5: laws. Come from? It yeah. comes from humans. It com- okay. So it comes it comes, is, it comes uh, from animals. humans.
4: Okay. Uh do you believe, and I'm, i think this was where Matt was trying to go, the the second law of logic, the law of non contradiction. Hmm? Do you believe that's always true? No. No. So you accept contradictions. Correct. So you're wrong. No. Yes, you're wrong.
5: Because we have contradictions. You're no. wrong. No
4: you're wrong i can show that no 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 see here's the the thing manager manager you accept contradictions therefore in your worldview you can be wrong and right if you believe that you're right and i'm wrong then you're borrowing from my worldview and you don't accept contradictions so if your worldview is correct you're wrong and I'm right in saying it. If you think you're I'm not, wrong in uh, saying it, then you're not living in your worldview. You're living in my worldview. So let's start with this again. That is incorrect. Are there contradictions?
5: It's close. Uh, within different logical systems, there are different definitions of contradiction.
4: And we're what talking about this one. We're talking not about this one. So, so you, you gotta you gotta try to stay on topic. I know it's hard for you because you really can't. I know you're trying to trap Matt and I, and it doesn't work unless you kind of do fallacies of jumping everywhere else. So you accept contradictions, correct?
5: I accept different definitions of contradiction.
4: I'm not talking about different definitions. I'm talking oh, about I'm the talking law, about. law of logic, the second law, uh, the law of non-contradiction. You don't okay. believe it's absolute, correct?
5: Okay, hang on. For a moment that you are correct, that the law of non then how do you explain different definitions of contradiction that contradict each other
4: and because we're not talking about the definition we're, we're talking about the law of logic so okay so if i mean that's no, you're committing a fallacy of equivocation so i'm not yes you are because you're using the word two different ways we're talking a no, law you're talking a definition so it's two different concepts. So. You said that the logic, the laws of logic, are the product of human beings. Is that correct?
5: Yes, it is humans okay. that do logic. Okay, yes.
4: so you and I would agree there was a time before there were human beings. Correct. Correct. Okay, could the universe have existed and not existed in the same way and the same time before there was a human being? Sure. It could. Sure. Okay, then you don't accept the laws of logic. It's because you, once you accept the contradiction, I,
5: you're, I just, you're just making it up. I your definition of the law of non-contradiction. I am saying that I, I will accept that as true. Then how do you explain that there are different definitions of the, the law of contradiction, uh, different definitions of contradiction and identity? How do you do that?
4: What are the different definitions for the law of non-contradiction?
5: Okay, within uh, modal logic, there's three different forms of modal logic that have different definitions of contradiction. There is modal identity that has different definitions. There are free logics that have different definitions of contradiction. Okay, now
4: notice what uh, I did. I asked you for the definitions. You haven't given them yet, so I'll try this again. Um, Give me the different definitions for the law of non-contradiction.
5: Okay, within modal systems that use necessity and contradict excuse me necessity and possibility, they will uh, they will say that um, A is possibly true or A is possibly false, and and, uh, they will use the negation of that that A is not not possibly true or A is not not possibly false.
4: Still waiting for the different definitions, but okay, you're, you're talking about remember, possibilities you know, which would you. act in a case of non-contradiction. So, mm-hmm. well, I'll ask this a third time. What are the different definitions for the law of non-contradiction?
5: Okay. Um, a contradiction is A and not A in propositional logic. Okay, in modal logic, it would be not possibly not, or not necessarily not is the definition of contradiction within a modal system. Depending on the scope and range of meaning of necessity and possibility will determine whether or not it contradicts with one of the other systems. And the set systems are defined by the scope and range of meaning. So uh, you have different definitions of contradiction within those systems. I just gave you two of them.
4: Well, and, actually, uh, actually, you, you gave me a, the, a wrong definition for one and a fallacy for the other. So let's look at it. The definition is... For the law of non contradiction is that you have A, you can you cannot have A and not A in the same way and at the same time. Now, you then give mm-hmm. a different definition for a different thing, not the law of non contradiction, but the law of modal non contradiction, which now we get into the logical fallacy of equivocation because you're trying to equivocate them as the same when they're actually different identities. So Okay. I guess what we, what we what we see right. here is you're wrong. We all got to see that and you can't argue against it because you accept contradictions and for your the only thing you could do is appeal to what we believe to tell us that you're right and we're wrong. But Matt and I okay, both agree all, and know that you're wrong and you can't disagree okay, with it.
6: First of all,
5: first of all, I'm a Christian man. So therefore I uh, we share the common worldview. Second of all, do we? The, um,
4: so okay. The, so let me let me let's check that. So um, is Jesus Christ God? Yes. Why did he die? Yes. Why did he die?
5: Um, he died for uh, for the redemption of everything that fell in the fall. The According
4: redemption the of the, the redemption of everything that yes. fell in the fall. Okay, so all human beings.
5: All human beings and all of you all love God with Adam.
4: So would all human beings be a child of God? No. Are all human beings redeemed? No. But you just said he died for the redemption of all human beings. How could he have died for the redemption of all human beings and yet they're not all redeemed?
5: Because there's something other at play other than uh, because Christ died for all does not necessitate that all are saved.
4: what does it mean to die for all?
5: what does it mean well, according to John one twenty nine behold the Lamb of God which comes to take away the sin of the world. sin is referring to the fallenness world is referring to all of creation, so therefore it's a, it is a biblical mandate that uh, and within the spectrum of how christ uh, Of what Christ died for, in some way he died for everything that fell. But because he died for all, does not mean that all will be redeemed. No.
4: So he he redeemed everything. When does when did that happen?
5: When did it happen?
4: Yeah, when did everything Um, get redeemed?
5: Christ died on the cross.
4: So the universe is now redeemed?
5: He died for the redemption at that point. The fulfillment of the redemption will, uh, could happen at death. It could happen at salvation. It could happen at the destruction of all of uh, creation. Uh, according to Ephesians 1.10, um, uh, at, um, at the fulfillment of time, all things in heaven and earth will be in him. So all of creation has redemption at some point.
4: Can you explain, I mean, it's interesting because each time we ask you, son, you, you keep switching things and, and not staying consistent, so it's kind of hard. Um, so, Christ died for what purpose? To redeem. To redeem. Why?
5: Why? Mm-hmm. Because God loves.
4: Okay loves what
5: he he loves he loves it is his nature to love god is love
4: is god wrath
5: um we are never told that god is wrath even though that is an attribute of god
4: so is he angry with
2: the wicked
5: well sure, but anger is not an essential characteristic of God. Again, we are told that God is love. We're never told that God is anger. We're never told that God is wrath.
4: So, you believe that Christ died to redeem everything that f- fell in the fall. That's correct. Because of his According love. To
3: the scriptures,
4: yes. Yeah. Um yeah, I, I, I'll end up agreeing with, uh, with John in the chat that your understanding of soteriology is as good as your understanding of logic. But both are, are failing. Mm-hmm. Um, so Christ died because people violated his law. they are sinners and criminals in his sight, and he paid a fine. He paid a price that they would be That's redeemed. one
5: aspect of the sacrifice of Christ. To, to limit it to the debt payment um, of sin is to, um, to water down the scope and range of meaning of the sacrifice of Christ. Uh, Romans 5.20 completely destroys that notion because it says um, uh, where sin has abounded, grace has abounded even more. And that completely destroys uh, the idea of debt repayment of, of uh, the sacrifice of Christ. There's more than one aspect of the sacrifice sacrifice of Christ. There's an aspect of Christ that is um, you use the technical terms is propitiation uh, propitiation, and uh, he atoned for believers so there's three different aspects of the sacrifice of Christ
4: So do you believe that God is absolute?
5: Do I believe that God is absolute? Yes I. What do you mean by absolute? Is, is not,
4: he is he a universal being that doesn't change? That? I don't know. You don't know.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: Yet Scripture describes him as being someone that doesn't change.
5: That's correct. But we also see that he does change in Scriptures.
4: How? Where does he change? Well, show me so where his nature well, changes. Sure. This is now back to the, you know, the law of identity
5: well clearly the way he uh, redeemed mankind during the flood was very different than the way he redeemed mankind in the temple and very clearly he uh, redeemed differently on the cross
4: that's a so fallacy of equivocation the word redeemed has is not being used the same way in each of those cases hmm. so okay. you're you're saying that people have their payment of sin made, and have eternal life by getting onto a boat?
5: No. Um, I'm saying, uh, again...
4: Then how were they saved?
5: Said ...that God has changed, and that's what the Scripture said, and I agree with you. But we also see that in Scripture, deals with different people in different, different ways, and, has, um, and we see that in a different way.
4: So... You're trying to say that people are redeemed the same way Noah was redeemed by getting onto a boat.
5: I'm saying that um, you're the one who raised the question, did, uh, did God change? And I gave you an example. No, but um, no, you didn't give me God a proper
4: example because you're using a logical fallacy of equivocation in your example. Therefore, your example is flawed. For someone that wants okay. to come in and talk about the nature of logic, I, I would expect that you would not use logical fallacies in your arguments so you're using redeemed in three different ways do you recognize that
5: Um, actually I'm referring to the sacrifice of Christ and then using three different terms to describe the different aspects of the sacrifice of Christ
4: okay so, so you're saying that the sacrifice of Christ was when Noah and his family got onto a boat
5: okay and let me expand this a little okay bit, well hold know, on
4: we do, let me let me get to have, i i got to get to we i didn't mention the super chat and we just got another so i let me take a time out and do this because we should and matt there'll be a question for you so uh navtimer 18 uh, 1884 gave two super chats he just gave I'm going to start with his later one first, Matt. Uh, and for folks to know that when you give a super chat, and you can do that just in the in the chat window there on, on YouTube with a little dollar sign, that money goes to CARM.org, help support Karm. Uh, it does not help Striving for Eternity, who puts this on. So if you want to donate to Striving for Eternity, please go over to strivingforeternity.org slash donate. So uh, Timer gave $20, Matt, and he said he's giving cool. $20. Giving this donation, hoping we can move on from unicorn dude <laughs> so yeah, I in
3: lost it just a bit ago in,
4: in a way of moving on from i guess that that is manager's nickname is unicorn dude sorry um I guess it's from what he his opening but Matt here's earlier when when um manager came in there uh timer gave twenty dollars so that's forty dollars that he gave total so far tonight uh and here was the question that he had for you so. This is one way you can guarantee to get a question asked is give a super chat. So Matt would appreciate any advice. I work under a boss that is Catholic. He knows I'm Baptist and I'm confident he has a grudge against me, gives me a hard time, etc. I pray for him daily. Any advice for this situation? He's a what? He's a Catholic. Mm-hmm. And his uh, boss, his boss is Catholic. He's Baptist, so his he feels that his boss um, knows that he's a Baptist and is uh, has a grudge against him because of the religious difference. Gives him a hard time. He prays for him, but doesn't know what else he could be doing. Any advice that you could have? And and push
3: Jesus, at going just to Jesus for the forgiveness of their sins. I always tell people, do that. Pray for them, of course. Uh, you know, just I would just uh, tell the person that what he needs to do is: I, I do the. Way I do the Catholics? Can you trust Jesus? Can you pray to Jesus? Yes. Can you ask him to forgive you of for your sins? Yes. If you do, are all your sins forgiven? Yes. Why do you need the Catholic Church? Just do it like that.
4: Well, I guess part of the thing being when you work for someone that does make it a little bit more difficult. Um, I mean the, the issue there would, I would think, I mean, one thing as a Christian, you want to be, uh, the best worker that you can and, and that way it's harder for them to, to give you a hard time. Um, but you know, a good way of that I would say doing advice I would have, um, Take, invite him out to lunch. Offer to buy lunch if you can afford it, and just ask him straight out. You know, it, to me, it seems like you you hold a grudge. It seems you give me a hard time. Maybe it's because of our different religious beliefs. Uh, you know, I pray for you daily. Let him know that, and and see if there really is something there. Uh, see if he really does hold a grudge. You never know the reaction it's going to be. I I had a situation with someone at a secular job many years ago who used to use Jesus Christ's name all the time as foul language. It really bothered me. And I, I don't usually ask people to watch their language, Matt, as, uh, unbelievers. i yeah, have to. Yeah. I mean, but when it's using Christ's name, that I think is a little different. And, and I, decided to do something. I took the, the guy out for lunch, and I paid for lunch, and I said I wanted to talk to him, and I said, listen, you know, I know you don't believe in Jesus Christ, but I do. He's someone I love very dearly, and when you use his name as foul language, it, it really hurts me and bothers yeah. me, and I I care for you. That's why I wanted to take you out and, and let you know how it makes me feel, because I, I'm sure you, you don't want to be purposely hurtful to folks and he, he ended up never doing it around me again now it turns out there was a guy who claimed to be a believer who i didn't think really was and and this guy used that christ's name as uh, foul language apologized to me the other guy was like how come you don't ever apologize for me when you do that and the guy turns to him and says because andrew actually believes what he you know what he says and it was like an ouch moment <laughs> But that's, that's one of the things I would, I would try to very tactfully just ask him and say, look, I care about you. I pray for you. Um, but it, it, to me, I could be wrong. Always assume that you could be wrong in that and say, you know, maybe this is me reading into it, but, you know, is there something there? Is there something we could work on together so we could work together in harmony? You know, uh, one of the things I did, I have some Mormons that have been visiting every week. Um, and, oh. Yeah, I know it's been cool. They keep coming back. Um one of the tricks is before they leave, I make sure we set up the next appointment so that and, and you know what we're gonna discuss the next appointment. But um they asked why, do, why am I wanting to meet with them? And I s I don't I don't shy away from it. I said, Look, I believe you're wrong, you believe I'm wrong. See now what do you do when you say that? That you're not saying that they're wrong without recognizing they think you're wrong. So you're putting it on an even playing field. And I, I say I believe that you're, you know, you're not going to heaven. You believe I'm not going to heaven, and, and so I put it on an even playing field so we understand we both hold to these views. And that's one way that I try to do it: to say, look, we're both in the You're Roman Catholic, and you believe I'm not Christian. I, I'm a Baptist. I believe you're not a Christian. We both agree this about each other. So you could start there. I did that with the Mormons. I said, You believe I'm I'm you know, you believe that I have a gospel that needs to be restored. I believe we always have had the gospel, and yours is is made up. And so this is the way we both view each other. So that's how I would approach it. And and he just gave another $20 super chat that says, Great advice, guys. Really appreciate it. Never thought of lunch idea, God bless so that's a total of sixty dollars. Thank you very much karma appreciates that very much um, the next one uh, well let's see we have a choice now because Catholic, the traditional Catholics stepped out and others came in so do we go with the original order or do we go to cat i'll leave it to you Matt cat or Catholic. Uh, They start with the same three letters. Well, see, that's the whole thing. Now I don't know how to say. If I look on the list now, the list now has Kat is next. (laughs) We'll go with Kat because she may be be quicker. So let me add her into broadcast and bring up her mic. And then what we'll do is we'll we'll go to someone that may give us a commercial break. But Kat, did you have a question for us?
1: Well, you know, like I said on the side there. I don't know if quicker. Now I'm kind of, you know, inspired to take my time because of that. <laughs> However, um, <laughs> wow. I was born 43 years ago on a no. Um I would guess I have been seeing a lot of this lately where people on Facebook things like that, you know, who are Christian, you're seeing you're seeing them profess the word and you know, granted we never know what's in one another's hearts unless you're really face to face with them on a on a pretty you know, frequent basis. But I'm seeing a lot of people who are now just suddenly running from God. Oh, well, you know, I believe in God, but you know, the Christians that say this and it's scripture, you know, it's not like I made it up and I'm saying this because of my belief, but this is what the Bible is telling us. Um, and, and in, 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 very obvious terms. And, and I'm seeing a lot of this lately where people who are claiming that they're Christians, they're saying that and they're saying the words, I love God. And their actions are completely opposite of this and, and of the Bible. And I guess I'm asking you guys what your thought is, your viewpoint is for people. Like, where does that come from? If you can get to the point that you say that you love God and they feel they genuinely do, or you, it seems genuine in a sense, but the teachings of the Bible, they dismiss them. They pick and choose But they're going to profess in a very passionate manner that love for God and for Christianity. So I'm not sure. Is this that Satan has them deceived to think that they're a Christian? Um, I don't know. And I don't even know if I properly explain that.
3: You're just talking about the differences of subjectivity. How do we know if someone's really saved or not? They're going to have different levels of experience of knowledge, different levels of experience in sanctification. And so it's difficult to discern who uh really is saved or not saved it look at their fruit and so it just takes a while and it's a it's a, it's not a, 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 just a direct thing so
7: yeah
1: I guess I, I mean I just I guess for me it's hard to go I love God I'm a Christian but what's in the Bible is just make-believe and you know well this is make-believe but not this and 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 then they just walk away all of a sudden and I know you know then they were truly not saved right but Still, you're professing that love. It's hard for me to understand to profess that, but not feel it. I just wouldn't profess it, I guess.
3: Well, people, you know, there's true and false converts, true and false repentance. Second uh, Corinthians 7.10, I think, it is, or 10.7. 10, 7.10. And uh, it's just it. So how do you know? You judge them by mm-hmm. the fruit, you know? And they say they love the Lord, believe them what they say. If they leave the faith, then we know that they were never saved to begin with, because that's per the revelation of
4: Scripture.
1: Right, right. I guess it's just hard for me to understand, because for me it's just obvious, but thank you guys for that.
4: All right, so what I'm going to do, just because I have a theory, I'm going to see if I'm right, but uh, I'm going to bring in Five Solas Ministries before our Catholic friend... Just because, well, I have a feeling we may get a commercial break right now, but because James from si- Five Solos Ministries was recording just as we went live, Matt, he was he he decided to use Thursday eight o'clock Eastern Time to announce a new product. Okay. So don't you we, don't you think we should get him to make that announcement right here?
3: Yeah, whatever. I guess if we have to.
4: I mean, you are wearing a T-shirt he sent to you. Oh, that's
3: right, I am, aren't
4: I? Yeah. So, James, let's see. Did I turn up his volume? Yes. Are you there, James?
6: Yeah, I'm here. I'm sure, I'm sure the Catholics are uh, tickled about uh, someone with the five solas going before them. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, well, what would be an equivalent for the, the five solas for Catholics? Sola popola.
4: No, 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 no. It, no, no. it would sola be sola. So sola ecclesia, because uh, it'd be the church sola alone. Ecclesia, that's true. Um, sola sola himnola,
6: sola workalata.
4: Well, it would be. <laughs> so it'd be. Let's th- let's think about this, and we'll have our our, our, our Catholic friend maybe correct us. So, you, it, well, it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be scripture alone. So it'd have to be church, since the church is the one that interprets scripture. It's really church alone, because they're the superior. <laughs> well,
3: What's the opposite of sola?
4: I mean, many. So that's
3: why I,
6: that's why I just said a lot of.
4: Yeah, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of, a lot of tradition. So, so
3: a lot of heresy.
4: A lot of, a lot of, <laughs> not scripture, but I'd be a lot of authority. A lot of authorities. A lot of
3: authority. Yeah, the sola versus uh, a lot of. Um, that would be, <laughs> That'd be a good t-shirt. me sure. you.
4: <laughs> He's thinking of t-shirt ideas. So James. <laughs> Now that we, you just spun up our Catholic friend here before he comes in. Um, so what do you got for us?
6: Uh, we just released a whole bunch of new shirt designs. Uh, uh, new shirts. Um, so, Matt, you actually got the last of that uh, that shirt material. We went to a much, much softer. Uh, good. Matt, it's, uh, so it's,
3: this is awesome also day. not cotton, is it?
6: Uh, It is cotton. uh, That one's pre-shrunk cotton, so it's not going to shrink. Your wife asked me if that was going to shrink. I was like, it's in no danger of shrinking. The only way it's going to get smaller is if you put on weight. Uh,
3: Well, he wants it bigger. bigger. He wants it bigger. I can nuke it. I can nuke it in the dryer, right?
6: Yeah, there you go. Um,
3: Because my philosophy of washing clothes is everything goes into one big lump of cold, cold water, and then from there everything gets lumped into a dryer i nuke the crap out of it whatever survives that's what i wear oh Done.
6: yeah see, see we i have a, i have a different philosophy instead of washing the clothes we just buy new ones
3: that works. wow if i'm broke all the time i do that
6: or make new ones rather
3: yeah yeah we could you know or we wear our underwear uh socks okay. until they, they become so okay, hard they're like shurikens
4: <laughs> okay matt you've you've asked for it let me let me See there I don't know if this is going to work um but I got to try this and uh I'm going to share my screen and let me know if you hear this because I think this is I think I found a video it's 3 minutes long Matt, but I think this describes um what you just what you were just saying this is this is uh for folks who are, who need to to uh find this uh, I, I just search for magic uh, magic table that cleans itself. And uh, if you haven't watched this video, I think this really describes Matt. So let's let's th- let me know if Matt, give me a thumbs up if you can hear. It. I'm gonna have to change this so you can hear it. Mm,
3: you gotta hit play.
4: Yes, yeah, so I first have to make sure that it's, it's you'll be able to hear. It. Okay.
7: In our new house, and all you can say is, oh, great. No, 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 I appreciate it. I do. It's just, do you I can't understand you it. Every
4: pops- because, of the, because you're hearing the background noise from Five Sola's Ministries here? Don't know. I just, I can't, can't
3: it's it just, it's all broken up, so I can't yeah. understand anything they're saying.
4: No, I'm gonna try it again. Alright.
7: Pan and bowl in the house? I always end up doing the cleaning. I'm exhausted, and you're always in honeymoon mode, and it makes me feel like shit. Okay, maybe I have been getting it a little bit easier than you, but it's just because, well, here goes. I've been doing something behind your back, secretly. Yeah. Okay, so there's a lot of cupboards in this room, right? Is there one that looks different from the others? Not really. See, that's what I suspected, only I can see it. You've got to have a clear mind. If you think outside the box like I do, This one opens from the top. Oh, wow! I know, and we're just getting warmed up. You're gonna think I'm crazy, but any dirty dish, pots, pans, plates, whatever, you sit in these rack things, somehow the next day, they're all replaced with brand new exact replicas in these cupboards. Yes, very funny. I knew you wouldn't believe me. You're gonna have to see for yourself. I'm pretty sure I know how it works. No, you don't close it. I did that once, nothing happened. You just gotta load up these racks, back away slowly and leave the house. That's why I've been going to the pub and the movies so much by myself lately, just to keep this thing going for us. What? You what? I don't think it means any harm. It just wants to help. Like, seriously, I've hidden dirty plates, stacks of glasses and shit all over the house. And it doesn't seem to matter. As long as the door's left open, it still reaches them and replaces them all brand new. So you're seriously telling me that you don't know what this machine is? Just don't call it a machine. It doesn't like it. Remember you went to Wendy's Hens weekend? I called it that once and it stopped doing it for two days. I think it was a warning. It feeds off like spiritual harmony. Like a good version of paranormal activity. Paranormal activity. as as he's putting a camera on. Honey, I'm so sorry. This is all my fault. (laughs) I set up a hidden camera last night to catch the house spirit in action and I feel so bad now. It seems the spirit is a demon. It has possessed you and is forcing you to perform its duties. <laughs> Remember Ken from indoor soccer? He's done an online exorcism course. You guys are both in that cases. I did all of that cleaning knowingly using OxyClean boosters, Ajax sanitizer, dead disinfectant wipes. Oh my God, she's speaking in tongues. You understand any of that? Not a word. <laughs> Demons be gone.
4: Okay, so I believe that's how Matt does his. I actually didn't see that one. There's, they have a whole series of them. The... They had one on the magic table where he just dumps everything on the table and, and it magically disappears and and, and everything just is gone by the boarding, And then he has his laundry basket magically just throws everything. It just leaves stuff everywhere. And, and it magically works
3: around the magic women too.
4: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really funny. The, the one with the, the, the magic basket is classic because it's two police officers. They're trying to figure out where, where she, she left, she leaves them. And he goes, maybe she fell into the magic basket. <laughs> Cause or on the magic table, which just everything disappears. Whatever you put on there, it disappears by morning.
3: <laughs> I like that. I need to do some of
4: that. Oh, you'll love that. <laughs> so maybe that's what you did. So I'll bring James back up now. He's probably in his car. James.
6: Yeah, I didn't know they had a whole series.
4: I didn't. I, I only knew the one until I saw. There's actually three or four up there. I was. I grabbed magic cupboard because I hadn't seen that one before. Wow. Yeah, so now we know what Matt's going to do later tonight. Matt's going to be searching magic cupboard, magic basket, magic table. He's, probably, he's already on YouTube now searching. <laughs> this, is, this is heavy-duty karma research that he's going to be doing later tonight. <laughs> Is so there really no a reason, magic if table? I want to
1: be a godly woman, <laughs> I need to stop doing the dishes, stop doing the housework, and all of that stuff. Because I really don't want to be associated with a demonic presence.
6: Yeah. So. <laughs> I, that was I, kind that of was funny. Our Catholic friends can help you out with a priest. Yeah, but unfortunately, yeah. he
4: left, so he can't. He can't help us. But he he was, I guess, re- reincarnated as as you know, Eli. So maybe maybe that's what we're going to end up having. But so James. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, <laughs> so James what do you have what 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 do you have for us tonight
6: oh man nothing. we just uh, we're re- we're launching all of our lineups for the women evidently there's a lot of reformed women out there that like stuff too so uh, we just released our tote bags a lot of different shirt designs phone uh, cases that's new uh, so I mean we're d- we're just trying to go all in with it and you know just trying to uh, have as much material as possible for everyone.
3: Can you get a T-shirt that says "Reformed women make better sandwiches"?
6: I absolutely can, <laughs> and not not only that, but I can maybe take a picture oh. of a sandwich that my wife makes me and put it on the shirt.
4: Okay, I, all right, listen, listen. <laughs> okay. Okay. Okay, here we go, James. James, yeah, you're smiling. Uh, I know you're smiling. I want you. I want you. I I want to see James, I want to see Matt Slick get a t-shirt that says reformed women make better sandwiches. And I want the video when he puts it on for his wife, because if you I know, James, I know you've done some martial arts and I know that, you know, martial arts, if you can throw really quick punches and kicks, it's a good thing. But if you want to see quick, just watch. Neek's hands as she smacks him for that shirt. I mean, it's going to be faster than any... You will have to go in slow motion to she be able to see me. the actual so hit.
1: Because of her health. Uh, we have Matt's
6: address now. Oh. So I'm-
1: Neek, can, can I take your place? Can I be a substitute smacker for you?
4: <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, catch hey, <laughs> hey, hey, no, wait. Kat just gave me a great idea. This what? is the new fundraiser for Carm. It, who since Neek's health, she can't smack you, Matt. We could we could do a fundraiser. Whoever bids the highest gets to smack you in her place.
3: But it, the, it's arm hits it's or shoulder
4: I owe me hits for a million dollars. Okay, Which, shoulder hits are fine. Whatever you know, that's, right, it's just, that's what it is. She always <laughs> hits me
3: in the shoulder, but lately she can't because of her health. But uh, you know, so I sort miss them. So I know. think
4: I think we this is a great fundraiser. You know, we could do bidding to see who can who can replace Neek for hitting you. I like this idea.
6: It well, has, has to be a
3: girl. I'll <laughs> Some, send the uh, call to you guys tonight.
4: Well, you know, James James is identifying as a girl if he gets to hit you.
3: Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I know a guy. I know a guy. If he were to sign up, he, I literally watched him. This is no joke. He benched 400 pounds 13 times. Can you imagine that guy going, I won, I get to hit you. Oh, i Right? <laughs> I would have you in the hospital. Well, oh, hey, you,
4: yeah. know, you know that the... Uh, the female uh, uh, the um female winner for for uh lifting powerlifting is a man
3: yeah because a gender thing yep yeah it's insane there's a lawsuit going i heard about that where with these girls in high school and stuff they're, they're doing great and then these transgender guys come in and kick their butts and they get all the awards it's just not fair it's just well it's, it's
4: the end of female sports and we're, really what we're doing is we're preventing james from finishing his commercial here yeah that's true he's trying james how much now, what percentage would- goes to karm of all your sales this month
6: uh, 15%. We just did a finished up this past weekend where we did 25% of sales. Uh, we're going to end up doing that, uh, running that again for them. Uh, so for right now it's 15% of all of the sales. That's the t-shirts, gospel tracks, uh, tote bags, phone cases. The, the thing is what, what makes it different is everything that we have is dedicated to reform theo- theology language. So you're not going to have universalism or anything like that on the tracks. It's uh, Matt got some of the tracks today. I don't know if you checked those out.
3: Yeah, we got them. I just haven't looked at them yet. I've been now, buried. In fact, as soon as we're done here at eight, uh, in an hour or whatever, I got to be on the phone with somebody else talking about something. Else. It's just one thing after another.
4: You know what, Matt? I mean, you, you <clears throat> do a little bit of marketing type stuff for Karm and promotion mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, I mean, when, when people think of, you know, like Matt Slick, they think of Karm. They think of Karm.org, right? Yeah. It's funny. Here's a guy trying to say, "Hey, we got these great products." You know what's been missing in everything he said? What's his website? I mean, where do we go to get to check the out these products? Day. I mean, seriously. Come on, James.
6: Five Solas ministries.com. That's the number 5 solasministries.com.
4: <laughs> Finally, we had it's like pulling teeth to get him to give us the website 5solasministries.com. All right, you have
2: anything well, else I was, for us? I was,
6: working, I was working on the reform women make better sandwiches shirt. Whenever,
4: uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's so awesome. You you'll get one sale for sure <laughs> for that. I'm, I'm
6: going to send both of you the uh, the the mock up of it in a little bit. I have a beautiful sandwich
1: on it.
4: Oh, that's great. You
1: know if they make that sandwich, I'm
4: not paying for it. But if one of you, if, one, if you guys buy it for me, I'll wear it. Oh, that, there the you go. Corner
6: we corner on our website.
4: I will do. All right. So I uh, I added Eli in here. We, a familiar voice. He's just waving to us. Uh, there is a new face though, Matt. That I'm adding in here. I mentioned him a bit earlier in the beginning of the show, and this is Jamal Bradley. He is with prescribed truth Podcast. Good. good so let's see if his mic is working I'm here hey wait can you hear me he looks yeah. he looks like he's got melanin in his skin <laughs> I, I thought I, I thought uh, you talk against like social justice doesn't doesn't that mean you have white privilege <laughs>
0: yes yeah. it's, it's it's covered up hey <laughs> It's um Bandy, by the way,
4: Bandy. Sorry, forgive me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. It happens all the time. How you doing, everybody? Doing all right. How are you doing? Doing good. Doing good. Just Just um, put little man down, and uh, he's good to go,
4: and so I'm good to go. Wifey's good to go. Good. So, so Jamal Matt is starting to to look into and and study intersectionality. Um anything that you could give them for some thoughts to help them in that study.
0: The only thing I've seen so far is um the argument is basically like the more the more you can intersect in in all the areas where you can call discrimination that's where and you're the better off you'll be. So um there, there's there's the feminist movement dealing with so if you're a woman, then if you're African American or you know and some people try to say you're Latino and all those things but really it's black. And um so if you 're a black woman uh, homosexual and you may struggle with your gender, then i think you're you 're pretty much the only person who can speak on anything that that matters with
4: disabilities that counts oh, too yeah.
0: yeah with with disabilities
4: yeah now see matt Matt has several i mean you know i know I know that when we look at the intersectionality matt you know Jewish people are not considered as you know you can have a you know, someone who is, even though Jews are like the, you know, are, uh, you know, persecuted and whatnot in different places, they don't seem to get the, any votes for, you know, intersectionality. Um, and Christianity, people that are Christians are, are persecuted more around the world than any other religion, yeah. but that seems right. to get you negative points for being Christian. But I wonder how many... Ma- Would get well Matt has a point Eli can you'll verify with me if I'm right on this. Let's let's do the intersectionality points for Matt Slick. So we we give him a point for disabilities. Right? He he has some disabilities. I
3: have I have autism or I'm autistic a little bit.
4: Okay. Age, he's he's old. I'm sixty two. Sometimes we've seen him walk with a cane.
3: Yeah, which is right back there.
4: Yeah, and, and I mean, just by, <laughs> by 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 just turning and picking up socks that could throw out his back. So I mean, he, that's right.
3: That's right. Picked up socks. I opened the door last week and it, it hurt.
2: Hey, does does this mean in the that paradigm, the more victimized you are, the more privileged you are, though? Isn't it kind of a paradox?
3: Yeah, it is. Yeah. Now, how, yeah. I was victimized because my last name is slick.
4: Well, but that does that really count?
3: Yes, it does. <laughs> oh, heck yeah! I was uh, beat up. I was accosted because I was uh, slick. I had buck teeth, and I was skinny, so uh, I was victim. I really was victimized oh, quite
2: oh, a bit. That, that you see, you said you had buck teeth, so the bullying could have just been because you were ugly. Now <laughs> <laughs> there's a, there's a, and there's an ambiguity there. It was like, my what, name, oh I, man, I looked really ugly, so it might just <laughs> dad.
3: Well, My dad, <laughs> my, my, my dad was in the my dad was in the service. We moved twenty. Twenty-six times before I was twelve, into twelve different elementary schools. Hey, I get a lot of points because I had a rough
4: childhood. No, but but see, well, we but we have to take into account you I were just the new a kid all the time.
3: time. I was always a new kid.
4: You were, so you were always the new kid. And and no, let me don't just don't check. I, just <laughs> out <of> curiosity,
2: the <laughs> ugly is not good.
4: <laughs> um,
2: is, is is it?
4: Could it be that Matt, your sense of humor and style of humor might get people to think you were being a jerk?
3: no because i have a great sense of humor
4: we can't even uh, see you on camera there matt see he's laughing so hard he doesn't want us to see it that's why he's off camera there like that
3: oh me oh no i'm back in oh oh the cat oh the cat did that (laughs) hold on a second
4: okay and he has a cat so that's a point because i mean smarter people have dogs cats are like a meal in chinese you know culture so
2: whoa
4: whoa (laughs) (laughs) hey i'm just saying uh, look Um, i'm just saying that there's a chinese church not far from me got in trouble for eating cat you know because they were finding the neighborhood cats but (laughs) all right (laughs) so how many points does matt have now three zero zero i should have a lot wait why does he have zero because all of his counseled out because he's white.
0: Oh, <laughs> oh! doesn't matter what. Happens, I forgot. <laughs> <It baldigates> <laughs> <it>. <laughs> <laughs>
3: and that is how intersectionality white works. Male. He's a white
0: male. White male. That's it.
3: So I'm, no, I'm worthless. You, no point. Well, okay, I can't be so, wiped out, right? I should be killed and, and put in prison, shouldn't I?
4: So this is going to get really funny because, you know, Matt, I don't know if you know that uh, AOC, is, she now has a challenger for her seat. Yeah, I heard. And she is going to be running up because her whole argument is, you know, that her parents were, were immigrants. And so she, she's doing all the intersectionality. She's a woman and she's a, a child of immigrants and all this. Now she's going to be going up against an African-American, well, a Jamaican. So she's black woman who actually is an immigrant, not the child of an, an actual immigrant. So I, I think she's going to lose all these intersectionality points. We're just going to have to vote for her competitor you know what it sounds like she's gonna be worse (laughs) um i don't know that anyone could be worse than aoc i mean we do have one one maybe redeeming quality of aoc it is entertaining to believe that she actually believes what she says (laughs) like the things that come out of her mouth and the fact that she actually believes them is is kind of entertaining but then it's really sad to see that people are actually thinking that's good
3: i know it's so dangerous she's she is so ignorant of so many things oh yeah 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 people voted for her gosh
4: uh matt new york Need we say more yeah i know so james has got a a new podcast uh he's joining us in the christian podcast community well he's not a new podcast it's new to us i should say and uh so let me give James a quick second to talk about his podcast with some of the things he discusses on there. Or, sorry, sorry, I said James. I meant Jamal. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> You're on okay. James's show, so maybe that's it. Uh, I'm trying to as get he, the old points like Matt, you know, and it just doesn't work. It, I don't pull it, it, it not, off it, as well as him.
0: It's not going to work. It's not going to work. <laughs> um, yeah, so the uh, podcast is called Prescribed Truth Podcast. Um, I started um basically off of a YouTube channel, subscribe truth at youtube.com. and um, then I moved over to podcasting. So I've been doing podcasting about a year now. I'm really enjoying it just um, just doing apologetics and and dealing with different issues and just giving from a giving my view from a reform perspective. So good, pretty much it. Good, you're reform. That's good. I like that. So, oh yeah, I, I used I used to be very charismatic. Um, when the Lord when the Lord saved me in 2013, it was funny. I began to see in the scriptures um, for God's sovereignty and salvation before I even knew anything about Calvin and any of this. So good, and so and so when I began to um, know about Reformed theology, it was just like it just clicked. It's you know just clicked.
4: Why don't you, for Matt's sake, because um, Matt doesn't know your background, you may describe the church that you started out in. 'Cause you were in a bad, uh, so, bad, bad church to start. Oh yeah. So um
0: back in oh nine I you know, I was agnostic and um I began to just feel like I need to go back to church and so I went to a church that was um rooted in Pentecostalism, um an apostolic church. Uh, but not like the tough apostolic where women wore pants and all I mean c couldn't wear pants and all that stuff like that. Um but very charismatic. Um, he was very manipulative. Our church was made up of mostly young people. I think the oldest person in the church was him. Uh, he was thirty, and yeah, he was thirty four at the time. Wow! And um, and it's very, you know, very manipulative. Uh, he used to teach uh, from the Old Testament a whole lot, dealing with how we should obey laws and give uh, first fruit offerings and um, and uh, sin offerings and all those things. Like, and I, and I remember, and I tell you, it's a funny story. Now it's, it was crazy, but I remember one time uh, I didn't have much money. And um, and I know I was, I sinned, you know, I did something wrong. I can't remember exactly what I did, but I knew it was wrong. And I went to him and I didn't have any money. And so like, I mean, it's kind of, it's embarrassing a little bit, but I, I had brought on my sneakers. I had like some fresh air forces. It was like, <laughs> like, like two or three pair. And I was like, I haven't worn. I was like, I was like, man, I said, I said, apostle, I don't, I don't have any money. I said, but um, I wanted to offer these instead. <laughs> He's just like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, <laughs> he's like thank you, and um, it's and that was just that was just one um, it, but as time went on, you know, I lived, I had, um, I was staying with my parents, and then I ended up living with him for for about the remain, well, about six seven months, because uh, my parents they they knew something was wrong with the church, um, but. You know, we was just we was just, you know, we just felt like, hey, you you against our pastor, you against us, you against God, you know. And so um, I remember going to him and he was and he, he would misquote the scripture where Jesus says, who is my mother, or my brother, mm-hmm. but them that do the will of God. And so when I, everybody in our in our church were young, we had issues with our families because of this church. And he would quote that scripture or well, misquote it. And he'll say, well, who is my mother or my father, but them that do the will of God. So if they if they're not for you being in church, then who are they? if they're not for you being in God then who are they to you then you know obey god not your parents and so like completely dismiss the commandment about you know be honoring your father and your mother and um and we didn't know no better like we didn't read the word you know my favorite book at, at the time was acts like I I didn't know nothing about the law the commandments like that uh, you know I was very ignorant to all those things and um he and he just took advantage of it um the church ended up going further downhill as he began to get into a lot of um uh, fornication in the church. It was issues with that in the church, what? and drugs, and and all that kind he of stuff. He was fornicating. It was, uh, yeah, it was um, multiple people, not just one. You know, um, he was married. You know, but it was it was tough. The um, it's it's you know it, it got it was it was deep. You know, and I remember during the time when I found out about it, and like I said, we believe he was an apostle, and we believe he had power. We knew we believe he had power from God that he can speak things into existence. He can cause curses and all these things like that. And um, uh, he was so we never wanted to step up against them. It was like you know, we, and people were afraid to leave. And I remember when um, at the time when I found out everything else was going on, like the drugs and everything else, it was like I wanted to go, but I felt like I will be leaving my lifeline. Like this is the like this is my connection to God, and if he's on he's our voice between us and God. And if I leave this church, then I'm gonna leave my connection with God. And so I stayed. And um, the Lord, like in 2010, he passed away. Mm-hmm. Um he died in the church. He was headed out of town to, to a um a conference. He had to speak at. And yeah. on the way on the way there, um him the church I, I couldn't go cuz I had to work that day. But um the van that was driving down the road, the tire bust and it flipped. And um he and along with three other people from the church passed away. Mm-hmm. And um I get I always kind of get a little emotional when I talk about this uh but um yeah, he yeah, they passed away and um and that was in basically the end of the church. The church split after that. And um and yeah, and so it, it was a couple years, you know, uh, I went I went to other churches after that, you know, but they were just similar to the church I was in, just not as bad. You know, just, you know, still faulty teaching, right. but just just not all the extra stuff. And then in 2013, uh, that's when I first heard the gospel. Oh, but yeah, that was the, but that that, oh, wow. that church. But that church is that being in that church um, is one of the, one of my driving forces behind doing prescribed truth. That's how I the reason why I started it um, for wanting to help others who are in situations like myself um, in cults or in, under manipulation, strong manipulation. And is that just a, trying is to just a shed light? Does that happen a lot in the black community? Um. Yes, the, it, it, it's about the charismatic circles, and mostly I won't say necessarily the black community, but mostly in like the, a lot of the black charismatic circles. And and what I've come to realize, and you know, my the pastor that I was under at the time, like think about I, I look at his past and who, and who he was as an individual outside of the the title he gave himself. Um, he had issues with his with his family, with his father and his mother, and that goes and that kind of shows to why he would project that to us as well. And, um, you know, he he got to a point, I, I believe at one point he genuinely believed what he believed, but then at some point, you know, he just got greedy. You know, he saw he saw the power that he had, was greedy, and um, went for it. But there, there are other guys who I know who are in charismatic circles, asked like that, who are just, who are genuinely what they believe, don't go as far as he took it, you know. Um, but that genuine, but that what I'm seeing is common, and which which opens doors for stuff like that. Is when pastors teach their flock that I am the I am the voice between you and God. Like I'm the pastor, right? You know, that's I'm the you know I'm the one who you can come to if you want to get understanding, if if you want to you know which you know and it's like they twist that they twist the trust of what we should have for pastors because we should be able to go to our pastors and gain understanding and get wisdom and stuff like that. But it should not be the end all be all.
4: Well, that's how every cult starts. And I mean, that, like we're talking earlier with the catholic church that's where they started to go awry right they started to set themselves up as the authority right. to interpret scripture and once you do that you're done i mean what, right. because you, you no longer have god's word you have man's word Excuse that's me. all you have that's right
3: that's, wow, that's good stuff man i'm glad you're uh i'm glad god you know got you out of it and he's using you
0: yeah, I'm mostly grateful for that, especially when I started, and I think what hit me the hardest, uh, me and a friend of mine was talking about this, we came up in the same church, and I was I was sharing with him reformed theology, you know, he's he's coming to the faith, and I we, we was having questions about salvation, and we didn't talk about God's sovereignty and, and salvation and election, and um, it was funny, man, he thought about something that I had thought about a long time ago, he was like, so you're telling me, like, all those things that happened, like, so God already knew those things would happen, he already, that those things are, already there you know and I was like yeah I said but the thing is it's like we don't understand God's reason we don't know his reason for those things but the way I look at it it's like those things happened for my good it happened for my good and for his glory you know and I was like if it wasn't for those things I wouldn't I, I can't say I would I mean I, I don't think I would value truth as much as I do you know it's going through that false teaching like that <clears throat> You know, so I I know the dangers of being under false teaching, under uh, cult like behaviors, and so on and so forth. And if Lord used that situation, and not just myself, but there are other people in that church, it was just um, unfortunate. there's other people in that church who have yet to still come to the faith. They've gone to other false teaching churches, just not. They just they feel like they're okay because they're not in a church that's manipulative. Like they're not he's he's not being as badly. Like he's not doing the sex. He's not doing the drugs. But th- there's no gospel, you know. And they, right. and they feel they feel safe because they don't have that manipulate that uh, manipulating pastor, you know. And so um, wow. I just I see it's just I see God's sovereignty and all of that at work, and um, <laughs> it, it was yeah. it was hard it was hard pill to swallow at first, you know, thinking about the people who passed away and right. and everything. But man, it's like at the end of the day, I'm so I'm grateful, thankful to the Lord for His grace and His mercy. Amen. Man, I love hearing that,
4: Matt. I mean, this uh, is the, you know you think about it for you and I, we, we joke about being older, but I mean. As as we look at Jamal, this is the next generation of apologists, right here. You know, How this are you, is. Jamal?
0: Um, I turned, I turned thirty last December. December what? Twentieth.
4: Okay. What are you? December tenth, Matt. I'm
0: ninth.
3: ninth. Yeah, I'll be I'll be
4: sixty three. Oh wow! <laughs> so so, uh, Matt, how's that? Do you have your AARP card yet? I
3: think I do, actually, yeah, <laughs> and uh, Social Security stuff, yeah, they're asking about that and things like
4: that, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, you, you see, folks, this is why I have to buy Matt his lunch, I mean, he's just, you know, he's going to be on Social Security soon, he he can't afford lunch, you know? He, he can't, can't afford a lot of he stuff. He can't, he can't, oh, he, he, not only is he not slick enough to buy me a meal, he, he couldn't afford it if he did.
0: Oh, it'll
3: happen, and the more you you remind everybody about it, when it does happen, I I freely
4: it'll be a admit day for you. I freely admit if you ever, ever, and and you if will one day, someday, somehow, you will buy me a meal, and I will deserve all of the abuse you give me. But until oh, that day, plenty. Plenty. Un- until it. that day, I am going to enjoy the fact that you know, actually, actually, you know, there's a clip here, uh, Matt we could play and this is from the guys that did the after show and and others recognize this here let let me play this for you
2: was andrew the one that helped you get uh the podcast back
3: up yeah he did get the podcast he didn't help me he did it don't
6: don't you think you owe him
3: a dinner for that
4: (laughs) 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 oh no he didn't Got him. I, I I like the guys over there at the council. Uh, I I agree with them. Uh, you know, you owe me a dinner or two.
3: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the, the funny thing is, you let me buy you one. That's the <laughs> problem.
4: Yeah, I know. I didn't show up to Manti. That I, I. You know, we had the best lady last year at Manti at McDonald's. Man,
3: yeah, she ripped on me a lot. Yeah, she right. ripped on everybody. I yeah, try and forget about that. <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh that was great so so uh we got about twenty minutes left let me let me ask jamal jamal with with the questions you have uh, with apologetics and all any questions that you found really difficult to answer where maybe uh you know Matt or I might be able to to help out
0: um i I found it very interesting when I listened to you guys i i think Matt was having a conversation with somebody a long time ago. Well it wasn't that long ago, um but it was on the basis of dealing with science um I was it's about like the dating issue I don't know if it's it about people like it, the dating of things
2: mm-hmm.
0: um you know how some things are dated older and dealing with um carbon dating and stuff like that those right. are those are those are stuff that you know I have a little difficulty with I, you know when they're dealing with as far as somebody acts you know but i just I just stand on what I know from scripture. Well, you know, those are questions that, I, that I come up, and I'm like, okay, I wish I knew more about this area. <laughs> yeah,
3: I, I got to study it too. But uh, what I would recommend, study it more, because I want to do a science section. <laughs> but uh, what I would recommend is getting some books. Um, uh, you go to Amazon and look up problems with evolution, and you'll find books uh, that do uh, various analyses. And there are lots of problems with uh, the evolutionary theory.
4: Uh, but, well,. Matt, I'll throw this out to you. By the way, I, I was supposed to mention to you, Matt, Dr. Silvestro is in your town. He just got in oh. today. Um, oh, he did, huh? Yeah, so he's going to be trying to – he wants to get uh, you and Mike Riddle together. Um, okay. And you should actually – I mean, you live in the same town as Mike. I mean, you you should probably try to get Mike to help write some of that stuff. He's got a bunch. But Dr. Silvestro's book, I'll put it up here, On the Origin of Kinds um, – The full title is On the Origin of Kinds by Means of Creator God. And the preservation of souls for the struggle for eternity. But, uh, on the origin of kinds can be, you can get that at, uh, the striving for eternity, um, at the store. Uh, that's going to actually give you a lot of stuff on, on creation science and evangelism, presuppositional apologetics. So that is helpful. Um, I got a whole bunch of books. There's ones on, uh, Matt, the one that you like is, uh, what was it icons? Of evidence of evolution,
2: I recommend that book.
4: Yeah, Um, that's a good one.
2: Andrew, Andrew, if you don't mind, if I just interrupt real quick, are what if uh, I
4: do mind? I mean,
2: is it is it Jamal? (laughs) Yeah, it's Jamal. Are you familiar with Jason Lyle?
0: Jason, no, Jason.
2: Yeah, you want? I'm not sure if you are an old Earth creationist or young Earth creationist, but Jason Lyle has a lot of stuff on um critiquing evolution from a presuppositional perspective and he is a PhD astrophysicist so he's very very familiar wow. with that mm. stuff. He is amazing at brick down. So you might want to look up the book Ultimate Proof for Creation by Jason Lyle and anything else that he puts out. Um so and, yeah.
0: No so that's that's all that's good. I I, I I'm I am more um I'm young earth, but I was like but um
4: So you mean you're so biblical. <laughs>
0: Right, <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm trying to say, like, so is a dating issue more of an issue of evolution? Because I'm, I'm, settled dating on the, I'm settled on the Where
3: we are, no, dating the dating is important because evolution needs large amounts of time in order to be justified because right. of information transference through mutations and progeny and things like that, and so. so I'm just saying, that there's arguing. problem. No, it's okay. There's lots of problems with it. Uh, there are some, a lot of accuracies as well, but okay. there are some uh, inconsistencies, and there are certain assumptions that are made with dating things. But uh, you know, they'll assume that the rate of of uh, that when when something's in a media like dirt or granite or whatever it might be, different kind of media, certain uh, minerals transfer into something while it's decaying at the same time. And so these things all have to be taken into account when you're making um, estimates of, of I mean, dating. There's, there's, there's a lot more complicated than that, but there's a lot of problems.
4: Yeah, one of the things so you'll says, see with like you mentioned, carbon-14. Um, right. One of the issues that you have there is... That can only go back about 64,000 years. So when people try to argue that, oh, we, have, we, carbon, we use carbon-14 dating on a, on a dinosaur, and it's millions of years old, yeah, mm. you can't do that. Uh, the, the bigger problem and is...
3: Also, they're finding uh, fresh DNA material, bone marrow material, in dinosaur bones. Correct. It, it, you can't have that. If they, oh, wow. you know,
4: yeah. And so what you end up with is you, you end up seeing that a lot, of there's a lot of assumptions that these dating methods take into account and they don't, it's, it's kind of interesting. They're skeptics about everything but their own worldview. So they don't question the, basically their, their own testing methods. So they assume everything's universal and uniform. So nothing, as if nothing ever changed. Now that's a big problem, because anytime you have a world catastrophe, and everybody accepts that there was a worldwide catastrophe, then you can't know what the earth was like. We would say there was a worldwide flood, they would say that there was, you know, uh, several ice ages, things like this, but you can't assume that everything is the same today as it was before that worldwide catastrophe, because no one was there to know it. So they assume yeah, it's called
3: uniformitarianism versus um, catastrophism.
4: And, uh, you know, I know in, in Anthony's book, I'm just trying to look it up real quick, he he, he stole, well, he, he borrowed <laughs> from Jason Lyle uh, what he calls an AP, it was an APT test. Um,
2: IP Yeah. Um, consistency and Preconditions of Intelligibility? Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're different, they're different... Things to look for when you're hearing an argument. So, anytime someone makes an assertion, you want to see if the assertion is arbitrary. Is it just something that they're asserting and there's no rational justification for it? And uh, the 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 assertion that they're making is there anything within the assertion that is inconsistent, logically incoherent? So, even if you don't know much about the carbon dating, like the science itself, which for myself, I'm more of a philosophical guy. I'm not really a sciencey kind of guy, but I. It's very important to point out that when people do things like carbon dating or anything, for that matter, in science, there is involved a whole host of presuppositions which are themselves not validated by science. Right. So Mm. if, if if you feel a little uncomfortable going into the science, then I think a good strategy is to focus on some of the philosophical presuppositions that are going into those assumptions and attack those since they're holding it from within a non-Christian perspective. There's a lot, there's a lot of food for, you know, there's a lot of, of areas that you could attack when it comes to um, science within an unbelieving worldview context.
7: Mm.
0: Mm. That's good, mm. brother.
4: Oh, hey, Matt, look what I found in, in this book, in, in uh, his book. Does that, that chart look familiar?
2: I remember that. That's an oh. Hey, look that!
4: I, I took that from Carm. I have a chapter in Anthony's book on textual reliability, and and what do you know? I stole something from Carm. Kind of like, you know, you took something from you know Mormon Research Ministries, <laughs> and put that. You took up was you had, you had, I forget what what it was that you you. Got from I took Bill. A picture
3: from Bill. Yeah, this is a picture of a temple that he took, and it was no big deal. He goes, "Hey, did
4: you take my picture?" I Go,
3: yeah. What else you got? He tried not to laugh.
4: Wait, so, didn't didn't you agree? If my memory serves me, didn't you agree to make it up to him by taking him out for lunch? Yeah, and then I didn't and what happened? Lunch.
3: No, no, no. I just owed him a lunch for something, and then when I would get there and I'm ready to pay, I don't have my wallet and uh it was just one of those stupid things that happened but i'm sure that then, never
4: happened again
3: yeah and then two months later i said i owe you a lunch let's do it you know, need to pay it, make up for it and i forgot my wallet again and uh i just I, I remember seeing his face i'm going oh i forgot my wallet again and i and i look at his face and i, and I can see this is going to be forever this is going to be something he's going to forever he goes did you forget your wallet again and i go yeah, he goes okay from now on, and I knew I could see it.
4: and That's what happened. Hey, so the funny that, thing is for you
2: y- can't pay for Andrew's lunch because you never have your wallet with you. Yeah, <laughs> oh,
4: <man. laughs> well, actually, you know, the funny thing was for for years when when Matt would tell people to go check out mrm org and you know. Which just stands for Mormon Research Ministry. He'd be like, "Oh, when you talk to Bill, tell him he owes me a lunch." Yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> it's it's a running joke now. Bill, Bill he owes me a <laughs> lunch. You know, and, and uh, so at any rate, yeah, it's all in fun.
4: Yeah, but what we do notice is Matt never pays for lunch. That's that's the conclusion.
3: Yeah, I, yeah. Well, remember what happened to <laughs> Manti last year? You,
4: <laughs> you know, tried. You,
3: you. Well, what happened there was we're at McDonald's, and you you weren't feeling all that great. We were going to wrestle for who pays, but you didn't. So I paid for my own, and I walk over to the um, soda machine to get something, and the lady goes, hey. I turn around. She goes, your card didn't work. It, it failed. And I'm like, no, because you're standing right there. You whip your card out and pay for it. I'm like, crap. So... Actually when I, thought I got it hey, it didn't work.
4: That actually teach. happened to me today. I was I was getting a cup of coffee with with a friend and I used my Apple Pay and, and it didn't work. Yeah. And didn't last work. time I bought him coffee, last time we went out for coffee, so he was like, "Oh, I'll do it." And he just paid. I was like, it reminded me of how what happened with you at that McDonald's. <laughs> yeah.
3: But that was good. It was funny though. It was funny cuz you know, it was just part and parcel of everything and we were laughing about it. But uh, yeah
4: so vincent popped in here we haven't seen him in a long time so uh hey. welcome sir how are y'all good we're all right we are gonna need your help i think I, I need to talk to you off air we're gonna yeah
2: it's going away ain't
4: it it is uh, google hangouts uh, goes away uh end of this month and so i was playing with obs last night and some other things so you and i need to talk wait, wait,
2: wait, after wait. this did you say google hangouts going away yep yep yeah. why because they don't uh, want to support it anymore.
4: Because it's Google. Because they Rick. love to change things and <laughs> not tell you. It's we're all moved
2: over to Discord. That's why I mean we're rarely on here anyway. But and we, did, just, we did, Discord well, has video, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Um, we actually recorded a, a council episode just last Saturday. We we like the weekend, and it's a little bit easier for most of us. So we decided to do it on Saturday nights. Um, and we did. We did a, even had Josh Smith there. His wife let him come in.
4: <laughs> hey, He was here last week. Josh was in last week. That's Calvinist Klein with his wisdom.
3: Looking over his shoulder, make sure his wife wasn't there saying, what are you doing? <laughs>
4: no, I'm kidding. Uh, he was giving us wisdom in, in marriage. Oh, yeah. oh, 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 I was going to start with this, Matt. I forgot about this. Now I got to remember. Ah, uh, what was that? There was something, you remember your book, How to Win Win and or woo and Win woo Women by Being an Obnoxious women. Jerk? By, by being, yeah. Okay, so <clears throat> I was reading an article this week, and I couldn't help but to think of your book. So the article was this. It was talking about, the the article was titled, Why Do, um, I'm trying to remember the full title, but it sounded like, Why Do High Performance Women Always Date Losers, or something like that. <laughs> and and I could have I'm reading the article and I'm like, I, I really should have saved it for you and sent it to you because basically the, the the premise of the article was this, Matt. And anyone who goes to Amazon, you can get Matt's book, How to Woo and Win Women by Being an Obnoxious Jerk. And this actually is what Matt wrote years ago, and they're now saying that the studies show that Matt was r- 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 right. right. Oh, that was hard to say. Matt was right, uh, but our, the article said that when you get high-performing women that are, like run businesses, they're used to getting things done. They're they're self-disciplined. What ends up happening is they end up dating guys who are complete losers because they want to fix them, basically, which is what your argument was. They 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 see <laughs> someone that that needs some fixing and. They just see it as a, as a project to work on, and their argument yeah, but, was that's why they but, all date losers. That, no, that,
3: that's part of it, <laughs> because they have what's called the mothering instinct gene, and you have to activate it by doing something stupid. Then they want to fix it. They want to fix you, but it's a mothering kind of a thing. We want to fix things a different way. Something is broken, but they want to fix... Men, And so you have the muttering instinct gene, but then you have to also uh, activate the bewilder filter. And the bewilder filter is something that they don't don't think logically. So when you say to them, hey, are you going to wear that tonight? They mean, what they understand is, do you think I'm fat and ugly? And so you're in trouble. The bewilder filter kicks in. Well, if you use it the proper way, you take a, a bunch of your clothing with reds and whites and you head towards the washing machine while she's watching you. You can see the mothering instinct gene activate as your eyebrows rise up and her eyes bug out and she starts rescuing the clothes. And then she's doing your laundry. And then you keep doing things like this for the next few days. And then she starts thinking about you because you're so stinking irritating. But because of the bewilder filter, she thinks she's thinking of you because she likes you.
2: It's y- science. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's the sad
4: science. thing is when he explained that to my daughter, she actually was like, that makes sense. And I was like, no. <laughs> but it does. I'm so glad that she married anyway. Um,. I, I, I thought for sure when she thought Matt was made sense, well, I, I was going to have a loser as a son-in-law
3: talking bunch of other people. And I was giving her marriage advice, <laughs> and dating advice. When you found out, you were like,
4: no, but I was, oh, I was on the other end of the table. So. Like I wanted to jump over the table and be like,
3: yeah. "No!" but no, I gave her a lot of good advice though. What to look for in a guy and stuff like that. I'm but glad she married someone apart from your seminar. advice anyway. Yeah. <laughs> she liked it. She thought it was good it I know, sense. but
4: but I'm glad she didn't follow it with the guy she married because she married a really she, good guy and he's not I annoying. Said,
3: you make sure he opens a door for you. You make sure he's not checking you out all the time, and that's what he's interested in. you know I see if he um, guards you and watches out for your well-being, you want to see if he leads you in prayer. Those are the kind of things I was talking to her about. She goes, yeah, that's right.
4: Oh, she he is. I'll, I'll tell you this one. I may get myself so in trouble. My, but fortunately, neither one of them are probably listening to this podcast. Um, so, you know, I had—I have insurance that covers my daughter. And it will continue until she's 25. So I'm like, well, look, it's already paid for. Like, I, I figured just keep her covered under me instead of under her husband, right? right? Because they said they would cover her. And I said okay, um, and so I, I was like, "Well, leave her under me." And, and to me, it's just a practical thing, right? You save money, right? And I was like, "This keeps coming up as an issue with with the two of them." And I, so finally, my my daughter sits me down and she's like, "Dad, you don't understand. To you, this is an issue of practicality. It saves money for us to have you pay the insurance." And I am like, "Well, yeah. What what other issues are there?" She's like. Well, he feels it's his job to take care of me and provide everything for me, and I'm like, "Oh <laughs> okay, OK, you pay it <laughs> So even though like uh, their, their phone bill is under me, but they pay me, you know, because he's going to he takes care of everything for. her. He opens doors for her, and yep. so apart from your yeah. advice, even though they were both there, when you gave that advice, they got married anyway, which is good. It
3: was good advice, too. it really was.
4: Ah, uh, yeah we should do a poll and see who thinks that's good advice all right so with that <laughs> uh we're gonna come to a close of the show um folks just to remind you you could go to christianpodcastcommunity.org to get all of our podcasts that we have available apologetics live the rap report that's wrapped with two p's the new one prescribed truth five solas our Catholic friend who never actually stayed in here long enough would, he should really listen to five solas and find out what the five solas are really all about. It was funny, Matt, actually that our, our, traditional Catholic friend there was, um, in the chat much earlier was saying how you argue really well against atheists, but not so well against Catholics. And, and I commented, no, actually he argues both well against both. It's just, you have confirmation bias, not accepting, the arguments he makes against the Catholics. Um, maybe he'll come in next week. But uh, but folks, we're here every Thursday night, or most Thursday nights, I should say, uh, 8 o'clock to 10 o'clock Eastern time. You could go to ApologeticsLive.com, ask any questions you have. We are trying to set up a couple of debates now. We have, um, oh, Matt, what were the debates? We we have two. We have a Catholic, I didn't tell you about this, we have a Catholic that wants to debate one of us, so I'm going to let you handle the Catholic I got to find that email. um, And I'll tell you what he said. Um, Willing to debate on the topic of. Oh, wait, this is the one for me. So this is the one that I'm going to take. Someone wants to debate the topic of Judaism versus Christianity. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he says, Rabbinic Judaism will side, will argue. Uh, Carnation is a truth. There is no eternal hell. We come back as animals. And Isaiah seven and fifty three does not prove Christianity. So that's the the topic that I will end up taking that debate. And no. Matt, no, you let him that? talk. <laughs> he just make himself look bad. But go ahead. Yeah.
2: When, when is that, Andrew? What is which?
3: I got I got a uh, phone call in four debate? minutes. I got to be at. Sorry.
4: I, I didn't hear you, Eli.
2: I I was asking when is that debate? Oh, we're going to
4: set it up. We don't. I don't know yet. And okay. the second debate we have to set up. The second debate is going to be debating Roman Catholicism. Uh, so i got to set that one up with a William. That one will be for Matt. Okay. Um, so we'll set those two debates up here. Uh, I do have a debate on the Gospel Truth uh, on his channel uh, coming up, I think it's September 29th. And Matt and I both – I mean, Matt has loves this topic. It was great. I told Matt that the person actually asked this as a topic, Eli – he wants to debate that secular humanism is superior to Christianity. I love the topic. I, that's one where, like Matt was saying, that's one where I just have to let the guy go and speak, and anything he says is going to undermine his whole worldview. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that's going to be a fun one.
3: Hey, guys, i got to get going here. i got to a phone call in a little bit. If you guys can do an after show, uh, email it to me, and I'll be done. Maybe I can go on later. I okay. i to take off, okay?
4: Vincent will take Talk care you, of man. that if there is one. So with Talk to you guys later. All right, bye, Matt. So with that, uh, folks, we're just uh, to let you all know. Um, oh, there's Charlie. So uh, so, folks, if we do have we do set up debates. If you want to get a formal debate on this channel, just go to uh, Striving for. Turn- Actually, just email info at strivingforeternity.org that's info at strivingforeternity.org and we will be happy to set up a topic of debate uh so we that's some of what we do that's why we do this for two hours so we have enough time for formal debates if people want to do that maybe we should get some with eli if he wants to set some up here uh we we should get you and doing some debates here as well but uh I do want to let you guys know that we thank those who gave the super chats during the show. And a reminder, that goes that money goes toward Karm.org, because that's why we put it on Karm's uh, YouTube channel, because they can monetize, and Google doesn't like us and doesn't let us. So we do that for the monetizing there. But this is a ministry of Striving for Eternity. And so if you want to help Striving for Eternity, please go to strivingforeternity.org slash donate, and you could donate there. And so what you end up seeing there is you get a couple of gifts if you donate A $2 a month gift will get you the book. Uh, what do we believe? And if you give $5 a month, and it usually takes us about three months to, to get these out, but you'll get the book. What do they believe plus what do we believe? If you give a $10 gift, you get those two books plus the book that I mentioned earlier by Dr. Silvestro on the Origin of Kinds, and a $20 donation gets those two plus the book that both Matt and I contributed to, Sharing the Good News with Mormons. So if you want to get all four of those books, you just give a $20 $20 gift uh, monthly and we'll send those out to you. So strivingforeternity.org slash donate to help us out with that. That helps us to keep this show going because we're going to be moving off of the free Google Hangouts and onto a different platform before the end of this month. And whatever platform we move to, it looks like we're going to have to pay some fees to get some, some of the uh, things to work the way we want. But uh, we are hoping that works out well. So remember until next week to strive to make today an eternal day for the glory of God.
2: You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement.